chisel that puck out of there. He does. Shot score! Connor McDavid from the right circle. Barry, the middleman on that pass, and McDavid buries it. Power play goal, Edmonton, McDavid's 18th, 4-1. And that really started the barrage in the third period for the Edmonton Oilers. They score four times in six minutes and 48 seconds, and the final damage tonight, Edmonton 7 Calgary three along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line on six thirty. Chet. Well, Rob, a lot of good performances by Edmonton tonight, but uh, man, oh man. I mean, three, one after the second period, they were already in a pretty good situation and they just came out and pretty much demoralized the flames early in the third. Uh, they did. Uh, I think you can look at a few things that happened in this game where at the end of the night, you're like, okay, that's why they won. Very good goaltending. I thought Mike Smith, Came up big at the right times. Um, second period, the, the Flames come out, they're down a couple, and they push, and they push, and nothing. Uh, Mike Smith, save after save after save. And that, that demoralizes a team when you're, you're, you're play, outplaying the other team and you're getting your chances, and the goalie's making a big save after big save, and then finally they come down, they get one shot, and it goes in the net. So I think that was uh, one of the reasons they won, and then specialty teams. Uh, the Oilers got on the power play, and we talked about that before the game, that they needed to do that against the Calgary Flames. They can win hockey games when they're on their power play, and they did that again tonight, uh, not taking much time on their power play. They've got set plays off, face-offs. Each guy knows what his role is, what he's uh, what he's capable of doing. They're interchangeable, but the guys play to their strengths tonight, getting pu- guys in front of the net for tips, for screens, getting pucks on net finding the open man, uh, puck retrieval was excellent on their power plays. So specialty teams, great goaltending, usually spells victory, and it did again tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, 7-3 the final, so the Oilers go to 19-13 and 13 on the year. Let's go into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Hi, Dave. Uh, your club, I mean, it was the game was pretty much hanging in the balance after 40 minutes, and you, you just ran away with it in the third period. There, did anything need to be said, or, or you know, how do you explain the way you guys just found another gear? No, I, I thought we were pretty solid through most of the game. You know, the first period I thought we started real well. Second period, we knew they were going to push pretty hard, and we, uh, uh, you know, we defended fairly well, kept them outside. In the third period, we got a couple power play goals and we uh, capitalized on some chances. So it was, uh, you know, it was a pretty solid game from our group. I thought we competed hard, did a lot of things well, kind of structurally, and and we didn't make the mistakes that we made the other night. And it it, uh, ended up being a good night for us. Uh, scoring the first goal, it's you know it's just one goal and it happens early in a game, but it seems to make a, just a huge difference when when you guys score or when any team gets out to one nothing. What what happens here? Is it trickle through the bench or what? You know, you know what I think it, you're you're expecting a real tight game, so every goal is a, is a real meaningful goal. If you can get a lead, that uh, that's usually a big advantage. So it's uh, um, you know you get on the board early, your team gets. Uh, gets a little jump in them and uh, and where you go so i like the way we started the game we started the game pretty well and uh, uh you know we were able to get up a couple a power play came through with a, with a good goal in the set, in the first to get it up to two nothing and then i thought we uh, thought we were pretty solid tony brower oilers tv 
Dave, six points between Tyson Berry and Darnell Nurse tonight. Uh, Barry mentioned that he feels like they're getting more comfortable playing with one another. Where have you seen the most growth in that pairing since uh, you put them together? Well, they're both they're both good veteran players that are they move the puck well. You know, uh, Tyson is is you know a real offensively gifted player. Nursey is a is more of a two way player, but they they've gelled well together. You know, they play a lot with uh, with our big two lines there and, and get a lot of pucks to them. Tyson's done a good job of, you know, kind of figuring out the power play and, uh, and making good plays on the power play. So he's fit in very well with our team. You know, him and Nursey have become a good pair and Tyson's fit in very well. Zach Cassian gets on the board, uh, obviously missed 17 games. How important of a piece can he play or how important of a role can he play in a winning formula for your club? Well, he can be a real, a real big asset for our team he's a big guy skates well good skill and these games are going to get heavy and they're going to get tight so you're going to have to have players that can play a, a heavy game go to the net hard win puck battles win wall battles and that's uh, those are things that Cass is going to you know help us with he digs into those and we can uh, if he digs into those we can we can really use them as a power forward and that's going to be big in these games to come ahead here mark specter sportsman it seems like all the the great offensive players, you know, throughout hockey history, they they tend to have with them an exceptionally skilled, high skilled defenseman. Uh, you know, is that trio? Is Barry with Drysaddle and McDavid up front? Uh, is Barry giving you something that looks like you guys haven't had here before? Well, he's he's an elite puck mover, an offensive player. He's got he's got offensive instincts that. Uh, you know, we we've had solid defenders, but nobody with the instincts with the puck that he that he has. So that's uh, when Ken went out and uh, and got him signed. Um, you know, those are the things we expected. And he, I give him a lot of credit. He's a he's a solid veteran guy. He came in and he, you know, he he didn't want to uh, push his way in. He got a feel for what was going on and uh, uh, got a feel for our team. And he slowly worked his way into you know having a really really good season. So he's fit in well. Um, obviously, I mean, the, the top offensive players, you love it when there's a defenseman that can get you the puck and make creative plays to find you the puck. And so that's why he's fit in well with those guys up front. Thank you. Jason Gregor, TSN 1260. Dave, uh, Ethan Bear and Chris Russell, pretty solid nights. And Ethan Bear slowly seems to, you know, showing more of the signs of his game that we saw yeah. last season. What have you seen from Bear maybe in the last few weeks compared to early in the year? He's coming. I, I mentioned it this morning there. You know, he started, uh, he struggled a little bit early in the year. He, you know, the contract thing and he missed uh, a little bit of camp and was a little bit behind. And then he, he looked like he was getting up and going and then he got hurt and was missing, uh, I don't know how many games he missed, 10 games or so. And then it took him a few games to get back up and going. But that's that's one of the reasons we want to stick with him. We got to get him in there. We got to get him up and playing because he can be a real valuable player for us so we pushed him along he's made some mistakes along the way but he's getting better every night and uh, tonight uh, we, you know we were we were solid we were, each each pair was solid obviously nurse and barry did their job but uh Ligason and and uh, uh lars have been solid and and rusty and bear they're a good veteran pair now that they know how to play a game they're not intimidated by the game and they make the right plays a lot of the time so we were pretty solid back there can you give me your thoughts on, you know, obviously your big gunners came through tonight. You got a lot of depth scoring, but you know, Gaetan Haas is just 
you know, starting to make more really nice plays, maybe subtle ones, you know, that pass off the boards yeah. of casting behind his back's nice pass. What, what have you thought of Haas's game, you know, after coming back from COVID now? You know what? He's a, he's a really smart player. And as a coach, you you know, you watch so much videotape, you do so much study on what's going on. And that's where you recognize him the most. He's, a, he's on the right side of the puck all the time. He's not a, the biggest guy in the world. So he, you know, he gets in some of those heavy battles, but he uses body position well. He's quick to loose pucks. He's got good skill to, to uh, make the next play. So he's, he's coming. Like he's, uh, when you when he played, you know, he played in Europe, and then he come in, he basically missed a month of hockey, and, and with not doing much, so that's a that's hard to get your body up and going again, and especially you know who knows what COVID does to your body. So he's finally coming around. He's playing with the speed he, he you know he needs to play with, but he's a smart player. You can put him in put him in a lot of situations, and he can uh, he can get the job done for you. Thank you. This concludes tonight's media availability. There is Dave Tippett, head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, after they score a 7-3 win over the Calgary Flames. 2-0 after the first, 3-1 after the second. And then, as we mentioned, the Oilers got four goals in 6:48 early in the third to go up 7-1. A couple of late goals from Calgary to round out the scoring. Mike Smith, he's 10-3 on the season, makes 20 saves tonight. He has a 920 save percentage. We'll talk more about him as we go along tonight. You can chime in on the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional grade building materials, 780-496-0063. Scoring first, Rob, there is no stat that I can think of that is a better indicator of who's going to win a game. It's 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 like the the turnover battle in football. You know, don't just coaches say don't tell me the score who won the turnover battle. The Oilers are 13 and 2 when they score first. They are 6 and 11 when they do not. The Flames are 10-2 and 2 when they score first. They're 4-11 and 1 when they do not. It's only one goal. I mean in most hockey games there's 5 6 7 goals. But man, oh man, it is it is a cliche for a reason. It rings true again and again. Well, and certain teams are play are put together for uh, playing a certain style of hockey. And, and the Calgary Flames, they the way that they're going to play under Sutter, the way that they're built now, are a team that score early and then smother the other team, try to win one nothing. Uh, and when you fall behind, it gets them out of their rhythm, gets them out of the way they're trying to play. Then they got to open it up a bit, and that leads to, you know, a more wide open style of game, and that's where they get themselves into trouble. So, in, in for the Calgary Flames, their record is going to be even more uh, noticeable between scoring first and and giving up the first goal because they're not a team built to come back. Now the others have got more wins and are able to come back. Having said that, they're a very good front running team. When they get a lead, teams have to open it up a little bit. And you open it up a tiny bit against the others, and, and then all of a sudden you open it up the chances of trading chances of of odd man breaks. And Leon's and the Connors they they excel at that. You give them an extra little step or, or a little bit more freedom on the ice because you're cheating one way, they're going back the other way. And if you trade chances with Connor and Leon, usually the others are going to win this. So uh, going against the Calgary Flames. To me, it's so imperative to score first on them because they cannot play the complete Sutter kind of hockey. And this is the first game that under Daryl that the Flames have had any stress with. They haven't trailed in a game until tonight. 
And I think Daryl Sutter's seeing, okay, we're not a team that's going to come back from leads, from, from falling behind, so we better make sure we score first. Good on the Oilers for coming out. They came out. It, it's one thing to come out and get the first goal. It's another thing to deserve the first goal. There's games where you come out and you, you're okay, but you get that lucky bounce or that lucky break. The Oilers deserve to be ahead early in this hockey game. Their first three, four shifts, they were by far the better hockey club, and they were rewarded for it. 7-3 is the final in favor of the Edmonton Oilers. So guess what? The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and take-out. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. You're going to hear from Zach Cassian, who is back in the lineup. You'll hear from Tyson Berry. Four assists tonight. We didn't know he was going to play. He gets four assists. Good showing from him. Oilers take it 7-3. We're coming back in a couple minutes. Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Here's a centering pass. One-timer. What a stretching save made by Smith on Milan Lucic. Flashing out the right pad. And the Oilers, twice in a row, have allowed the Flames to move uncontested into the slot. Well... Mike Smith, excellent tonight. 30 saves. I mentioned he's 10-3 and three on the season. And, Rob, it might, maybe if people didn't see the game, it might sound strange. We're talking about goaltending in a 7-3 win, which at one point was 7-1. But we talked about the first goal three and a half minutes into the game. The Flames got the first grade-A scoring chance, and Smith stopped Lindholm. And then with it 2-0 in the first eight minutes of the second period. That was the Flames' biggest push of the night. I mean, I wrote down several Smith stops there, stopped Hannafin, stopped Lucic, stopped Lindholm on that one-timer. There were other good stops. And he was big when the score was close in this one. He, he was. And what happened to start the second period, about seven, eight, nine minutes of it, the Flames pushed, and they had good chance after good chance. And Smith kept making big save after big save, keeping it at a two-goal lead, and then the Oilers go down, get one chance and score. And it's deflating for the, the Flames. They, you know, the, you're, you're pushing, you're pushing. You should, you, you're thinking in your head, okay, we should be down one at the very worst. And you look up the scoreboard and you're down three. And tonight, and I know that Markstrom's a very good goaltender and he's given the, the Flames everything they expected this year. But tonight, Smith gave the Oilers the big saves when they needed it and Markstrom didn't. And... Uh, the Oilers, because of Smith, uh, when it was 2 nothing, the Oilers were able to extend that lead to make it 3 nothing. And once the game was three goals, it, it was over. The Flames are not a team that's going to be able to bounce back from down three. They're just the way they play right now, and uh, they've got a few players up front that I think are lacking a little offensive confidence. So uh, Mike Smith, the start of the second period, again, it, it doesn't look... When you look at a 7-3 score, you don't think about it, but the start of the second period, there was about an eight-minute stretch where Mike Smith was the difference in this hockey game. So the Oilers take it 7-3. It was not the most lopsided game of the night as we go to the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Rangers take out the Flyers 9 nothing, and the third period was scoreless. They got seven goals in the second period. <laughs> Canucks over the Senators 3-2. Sorry, Rob, you want to say something? Oh, I, got, I got two buddies that are the biggest Flyer fans ever. They are just taking an absolute beating tonight. It was, and, and while in, in that game, Zabatajad, six points, second yep. period, NHL record. That's a pretty good night. 
Yeah, tied Trichet's record and the the Rangers backup coaching staff. I mean, they're you know the minor league coach Chris Knobloch came up because of COVID. David Quinn and uh, and the rest of the staff wasn't available. But the the Flyers are having a better season than the Rangers. But uh, the Rangers get bragging rights tonight. The Canucks beat the Senators three two in a shootout. It's the Kings hanging in there under Todd McClellan, a four one win over the St Louis Blues. Golden Knights outscore San Jose five four. The Jets beat the Canadians 4-3 in overtime. The Jets are here to face the Oilers, and Paul Maurice, head coach of the Jets, fielded this question after the game. Looking ahead to tomorrow, what's it meant to have Warren Brassois play the way that he has for you when you when you have a back-to-back like this? So you're just assuming, and I appreciate that assumption. Um, Lauren Brassot and uh, Thompson's line, right, the two big pieces to being able to win back-to-back games or at least be competitive in back-to-back you need a goaltender to go in that you believe in and and his numbers say we absolutely should and then when you look at the numbers from tonight's minutes to have a fourth line that can play at the three-minute mark of the third period with the goalie out in transition on that shift and be real strong and valuable that's that's held everybody's minutes so that our should have some good legs for tomorrow night's game all right. Well, yeah, and Winnipeg with some decent uh, depth up front, Rob. We've we've seen that, and and we expect Brassois obviously in uh, in the back to back. But this is going to be a good another good test tomorrow night. They're uh, two and two. The Jets and Oilers against each other this season, and it's it's so tight now in the North Division. The, the winner tomorrow will not overtake the uh, Leafs in points percentage, but they will have as many points as the Leafs. Well, we, we've talked for a while that we believe there's three elite teams in the North, and the three of them are Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Toronto. And I, I said it a, a few times in the past little while now that if, if Winnipeg makes a trade for a defenseman, I think they're the team to beat. They are the deepest team up front when you look from top to bottom. They've got three lines that are scary good. And then they have, as you heard the coach talk there, they've got a fourth line that they trust as well. They got the reigning Vezina Trophy winner in net. They got a couple nice defensemen. We love that Pionk on the back end as as well as Morrissey. They're just, I think, one top four defenseman away from having a finished product. But the thing I love about Winnipeg is when they play Edmonton, they're the most exciting games we see all season long. They Both teams, uh, incredible offensive talent up front. Both teams, because they're so gifted up front, they force errors defensively. So all of a sudden, there's... Uh, you know, a flurry of scoring chances both ways. And what we've seen thus far this year, both, team have, both teams have very good goaltending. Smith's been outstanding. Hellebuck's been ex- really good again for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I look forward to these games, and more so than the Battle of Alberta, because to me, this is two elite teams that are going to be playing tomorrow night in Edmonton, and you are seeing some of the most talented players in the National Hockey League going head-to-head. All right, so the Oilers take it 7-3 tonight in Calgary. The seventh goal scored by Zach Cassian. First game in over a month, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Here's Cassian. Hey, Zach. Uh, just wondering what the last uh, last month or so has been like for you, having to, you know, to wait to get back in and rehab uh, an injury and, you know, how it felt to get in tonight and, uh, and produce a bit. Yeah, it's it's definitely not fun watching, but um, quite honestly, it's probably the best injury to have if you're going to have an injury. Um, you can still skate. The trainers here, Chad Drummond and uh, Patty Love, did a great job of uh, 
putting together a plan for me to make sure I was ready when I came back and um, felt good. And it's it's nice to contribute. Um, obviously, you're watching your team succeed for those four, four and a half weeks. And it's nice to, to get in and help the team. I guess all that time, you know, to watch games and, you know, to watch guys, what, you know, what things did you think about in terms of your own game and what you want to make sure you bring now that you're back in the lineup, you know, night in, night out? Really just going back to basics, um, skating, hounding pucks, being good on the forward check, being good on the walls and being physical. I think from that, um, I'm doing that on a base, uh, nightly basis. Uh, my game seems to, uh, to come nicely. So um, it's definitely a, uh, a game to build off of. As a line, I thought we did well. We still things we need to, to clean up. But um, like you said, uh, when you're sitting there watching, um, you have time to uh, mentally take a break a little bit and um, obviously uh, miss a lot of time. And uh, I'm excited for the, the final push here. Hey, Zach, I know you mentioned uh, it felt good to contribute tonight. Can you just maybe elaborate on that and what that does for a player's confidence after missing 17 games to come back and get a goal and what kind of confidence that can kind of spur for you moving forward? Yeah, scoring goals is uh, definitely helps your confidence. But I think uh, as a line tonight, we we did the simple things right. And uh, more often than not, if you do that right and you're good in your own end and uh, you're strong along the walls, you're going to get your chances in this league. And I think as a, as a group, I think Hosser and Ender did a, a great job tonight. And um, hopefully we can keep this going. How did you evaluate the last two games and how important was it for your club to get the victory tonight to end that, uh, end that skid? Yeah, you don't want to lose three in a row. Um, it's it's important to uh, nip it in the butt quick, and I think we did a good job tonight from top to bottom. Played a good road game, um, but we really can't uh, take our foot off the gas. We we play a good Winnipeg uh, Winnipeg team tomorrow, and uh, we got to rest up and, and be ready to go. Rob Kichkowski, Post Media. Hey Zach, uh, that that third period with the with the game hanging in the balance, you guys you guys really pulled away. Where did uh, what did you see from your team? Where did that gear come from? Our power play helped us out a lot. Um, they were good when we needed them, and uh, through that, it's crazy uh, what what momentum and how the momentum swings once uh, once the big guys take over. Um, it just trickles down the lineup, and um, like I said earlier, from top to bottom, we're solid tonight from Smitty on out, and uh, we have to keep that going if we want to keep having success. Yeah, Connor made mention this morning about the importance of not letting Calgary cut that lead to three points with two games in hand. I mean, I mean, in a season where every game is important, can you maybe talk about the importance of winning this specific game? Very important, but I honestly think we're going to be talking about every game, how important it is moving forward. I think you look at a Winnipeg team right there, um, then we go to Montreal, then we go to Toronto. So I think it's one of those uh, years where every game's important. Obviously, it uh, feels a little better when uh, when you beat the team right down the highway from you, but um, it's important that we continue this and uh, we don't get too high, but we also don't get too low. Final question, Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Zach, you come back in. Now, you're a little bit different because yours was an injury, but Cahoon comes back in the lineup tonight, scores, you score. Lots of guys, when they've been healthy, scratch, have come back. And you just talk about maybe the, the healthy competition, it seems, within that group. When guys get a chance, uh, they really want to step up so they're not out of the lineup. Yeah, it's. I think you guys don't see it from afar, but uh, guys on the taxi squad, um, 
their hearts gates. Um, guys are working hard. Guys are guys are staying ready. And when they get their chance, they're coming in and, and doing well for us. And that's what we're going to need down the stretch here. Like I said, every game's important moving forward. It's going to be a tight finish. And um, we're going to need our whole team, uh, all four lines. We're going to have injuries. We're going to have uh, different guys come in. Everyone just has to do their job moving forward. But uh, like I said earlier, those taxi squad skates aren't easy. Um, they put uh, a lot of pace in those uh, practices and uh, they put in a lot of work so they're ready for, for the game. You were part of those. Did that help make it easier then for you uh, being out this long to, to come back and, and not look like you had a lot of rust? Like I said, having a hand injury, it's probably the best injury to have. You don't want to get injured at all. But if you if it's a hand, you still can skate. You still can uh, train the legs. So... Um, I, I did that for for a while and um, uh, reap the benefits tonight, obviously. And you, you stay skating, you get your skating legs, so it doesn't take two, three weeks to get that. And uh, like I like I mentioned, the trainers did a great job of putting a plan in place, and um, it worked really well. That's Zach Cassian helps the Oilers win 7-3 over Calgary tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, with you. We're also looking for someone to finish the play on the Certainty Hotline. Professional grade building materials, 780-496-0063. And Rob, we had the clip from Paul Maurice about being able to uh, have a depth line to play and maybe have some more energy tomorrow. Well, because of the score, the Oilers got to spread the ice time around. Haas got up to 14 minutes. McDavid only played 17. Dreisaitl played 19 and a half. Nurse played 21-41, which for him isn't that much. As a matter of fact, every Oiler played at least 11 minutes tonight. Uh, I think it's important for a lot of players, except Leon and Connor. I don't think it really affects them, no matter how much they play, it seems like. But I think it, it's important for a nurse and a Barry to not be overexerted tonight. I think to the game uh, tomorrow against uh, the Jets, they're going to be tested and tested a lot. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are a big, strong team. They get in hard on the forecheck. So you don't want your defense to be... Uh, going into the game a little fatigued from playing the night before. So that it is always nice. A coach loves when he has back-to-back games where he can use his whole bench, and the Oilers were able to do that tonight. And they're going to be fresh for uh, as fresh as possible, considering it's back-to-back games against the Jets. As so The Jets had to work a little bit harder in their game. So uh, slight advantage, but nowadays the players are all in such good shape that I don't think it really matters. I mean, Connor and Leon are known for taking four or five minute shifts and look just as fresh at the end of them as they do at the beginning. But uh, it, it is nice. It does the wear and tear over, not the back-to-back, but four games in six nights or five and eight nights. That's where it eventually catches up to you. So it's nice for Dave Tippett to be able to roll lines and roll his defensive pairings. All right. That's our adjustment of the game tonight for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. I'll just read this text We've got a few texts like this over the last couple of weeks, but we will address it. Trento writes in, he says, Taylor Hall back in the top six would elevate his game drastically. What would it take? Money out plus a prospect or what? Again, I just don't see it. He's $8 million. You'd have to trade away $8 million, which means Nugent Hopkins. So then there's still a hole in your top six. Um mm-hmm end on your penalty killing i i just i i know i know buffalo is you know people want to pick at the corpse right now but 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 i that would i don't know if that happens i, I don't think that happens i know people are excited I, about it i really doubt it 
I, I doubt it too. Just what about money? And you you say Nugent Hopkins going back? They don't want Nugent Hopkins. Is, isn't his contract up at the end? Well, of then the there's year? A, yeah, it's a UFA for yeah. UFA. So right. they're not going to trade Buffalo. They they want assets. They're not going to give up a UFA to get someone else that they're going to lose at the end of the season. They're going to want assets. So you're going to have to look elsewhere in the trade because you're not giving. They they don't want Nugent Hopkins in that trade because they he's going to be gone at the end of the year as well. So yeah, I I again. You got to come up pretty creative to find a way to make the money work, and I just don't see it happening. All right, we're going to get to Dustin to finish the play when we get back. The Oilers take it seven three. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. By the way, Barry off the draw, quick shot, score! Nugent Hopkins had it tipped in front by Alex Chason, and Edmonton right off the faceoff extends its lead to 5-1. 7-3, Edmonton wins it. Seven different goal scorers for the Oilers, including Chason. That was his fifth of the season. And those seven goals means a $700 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers, they're donating $100 for every Edmonton goal throughout the season, now up to 11000 bucks on the season, thanks to James H. Brown and Associates. Okay. Corey from Vancouver Island says, honestly, the depth the Oilers have combined with the salary cap pressure has me thinking no trades for the playoffs. This is a great time to see for Holland to see what he has for next year when he has more cap space that's Corey from vancouver island thanks for listening tonight and another listener says with barry doing what he has is clef bomb more expendable or tradable well that's going to be something that's going to play out clef bomb is scheduled to have surgery in cleveland in the next week it that that certainly doesn't make him tradable uh, i mean any player recovering from a, a shoulder surgery that's going to take months to recover from rob is not going to be high on a trade bait list for for anybody no and i think right now the edmonton oilers are only thinking about getting oscar clefbaum back and healthy and, and able to play because there's always going to be question marks anytime a player as they get older and, and they're missing an entire season because of injury what they're going to be like when they come back from it. so the Oilers, to me are hopeful that he is successful with his surgery and he comes back and they're able to to put him back into the lineup so i i don't see Oscar going anywhere. I think they would love to have him back in the lineup next year. Imagine on the left side, you got both Nurse and Clefbaum. Uh, you got a pretty good top four. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, everything that Holland does, he has to think of all different variables, and Clefbaum will be certainly one of those variables. Um, but yeah, it, if Clefbaum comes back, is Barry is uh, needed in, in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a fair question to ask. Can they afford Barry if we got Clefbaum back? Um, those are hard questions, and fortunately, Reed, you and I don't have to make them. We just get to sit and analyze them. Well, Barry's a better point producer, obviously. Oh, absolutely. And Clefbaum's better defensively. So I think yes. that's, that's you'd, but, you'd love to have them both. I'm not, and, and again, like I, I don't want to sound all doom and gloom, but it, like I think everybody has to understand it is really uncertain with Oscar Clefbaum. And, and the people who yep. listened to his media availability a couple months ago, like he wants to play hockey, but he kept mentioning several times living a pain-free life is mm -hmm. a pretty high priority 
as well. And he, you know, he kind of waited to get the surgery. If it, you know, let's say it's a six to nine month recovery process. That's December, right? Mm-hmm. If, that's if halfway takes, through next year. Yeah. Before, so that's, it's that's before he can start getting prepared for the season. So it's not like he's going to be back in mid season form mid next September or next, excuse me, next December. So this is, yeah, this is major. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's no, there's no, um, guarantee that Oscar Kleffbaum is going to ever come back to the national hockey league and play hockey yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, I mean, if I were Ken Holland and of course I'm not, but I, I think he almost has to proceed as if he can't bank on having Kleffbaum at any time. Like, I, I think, you know, to, I think you'll understand what I'm saying, Rob. I, I think general managers, like they have to be worry warts and they have to plan for the worst. So I think mm-hmm. Holland almost has to plan for he can't get anything for Clefbaum and he's never going to play again. Like that's the that's the worst case scenario. So I think he I mean, has well, to have us has to budget for that. Well, you're right. You, you've got to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. I think what will happen is he'll have the surgery, and then uh, a month and a half, two months, three months from now, before free agency kicks in, he'll have a long heart to heart conversation. With Oscar Kleffbaum, my guess is at that point, if this is me, and I'm sure Ken Holland knows how to do this way better than I do, he'll fly over there and, and sit down with Oscar and have a heart-to-heart. Okay, where do you see yourself in September, October, November? How does it feel? Do you feel that you want to carry on with your National Hockey League career? Do you, is this? Is, do you feel that you got more in the tank? All these types of things, he's got to have an absolute 100% feeling on which way it's going to go before he goes into the free agent pool. Cause you're, and that's probably one of the reasons there's no, there's no thought right now of signing Barry right now, because all of a sudden he could run into contract problems. If he signs Barry to a big ticket and Clefbaum does come back, they still have Clefbaum and they have his contract. So uh, there's going to be a, a strong heart to heart and they'll have to sit down and figure out where Clefbaum is uh, for next season. And that, that will help dictate which way he goes when he starts making decisions in the offseason. All right. Someone writing in from Elk Point, Alberta. Thanks a lot for listening. Will Alex Stalock get some playing time sooner rather than later? Well, we got a, a pregame clip here from this afternoon. Dave Tippett, it was Terry Jones, and you're going to hear a couple of questions from Terry in here as well, asking Tip about Stalock. Well, he's still he's skated on his own a little bit here, so he's still he's still a week away, and he's got to get some practice in. He missed a lot of time, so he's not he's he might be ready to get around our team. I think it's as of tomorrow he can do that, but he still he still needs some time to get up and running here. So I'm not uh, you know I know him from the past. I know a little bit of his history and and what he's done in the league, but until you get to see him up close, it's uh, you know I don't have a great read on him yet. Is he likely to go on the road trip, the, the following road trip? Uh, I would say probably if he if he gets up to speed, that'll be up to Schwartzy and, you know, get him through some practices and see where he's at conditioning-wise. Is it your expectation to see him in a game in the next three weeks or so? Well, we'll see where that goes. We've got, we've got both our guys up and playing right now, so we'll see where that goes. All right. Again, we're asked about him a lot. I would think if they're comfortable with him playing, they would give him a look at some point. I mean, managers aren't in the habit of acquiring veteran players who've had good seasons in the NHL and then never using them. 
So I, I, I would think it's his health that's going to determine if he even gets a game. Yeah, and he, he hasn't played in a long time, and he's dealt with some some serious, you know, complications. Yeah, he had a heart issue. To, to COVID, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's one thing to come back and start practicing, but he's a long ways. Like, if you think about it, Mike Smith and, and Koskinen, we're now into the third month of this season, and they've played the games, they've traveled, they've practiced. I mean, doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing through the season. So they're mid-season right now. The, you know, Stalock, he, he's he's not even training camp type of ready because there was, he couldn't, what, I don't know how many weeks he said, but there was, was it three weeks, six weeks where he was not allowed to do anything. He couldn't get his heart rate up. So he, he was like more or less, I'm guessing, sitting at home watching television and reading while these guys were preparing and playing and practicing at the top level in the National Hockey League. So my guess is he's, as good an athlete as he may be and as uh, as professional as he could be, he was starting from beyond scratch. So it's going to be a while. And you don't want to put him in until you have a feeling that you're going to give him a chance to succeed. There's no reason to put him in and say, okay, here's let's see what you got. I know you're not quite 100% yet, but yeah, show us what you have. That's not fair to him. It's not fair to the team. And it's not fair to the other goalies that you're playing him ahead of. Um, I think the they will continue to let him practice, get up to speed. That might be two weeks, three weeks. And then the Oilers' goaltenders will dictate when and if he'll be used. I mean, right now, Mike Smith's not missing a start to give someone else a chance. And in Koskinen's last few starts, he's been good. So there's no reason to upset the cap- the apple cart by bringing in a third goal when your first two are doing okay. So uh, I think we're weeks away. And it only will be predicated as if one of the Oilers goaltenders starts to struggle, then you may see him. If the two Oilers goalies continue to play like they've been playing as of late, then you have a third-string goaltender that's going to be here in case of injury, in case of injury only. All right, tonight's goaltender was very good. Mike Smith with 30 stops. How about this? He's 10-3 and on the season. The Oilers win 7-3 in Calgary. They're 4-2 and against the Flames this season. Big night for Tyson Berry, four helpers. You'll hear from him when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers three for four on the power play as they win 7-3 against the Calgary Flames. Here's defenseman Tyson Berry. Hey, Tyson, just over a month ago, you were talking about uh, that you were off to a little bit of a slower start than you wanted to be. And now, uh, a month later, you're leading the National Hockey League in scoring amongst defensemen. Can you talk about your confidence level and uh, how much uh, of a fit it's been for you over the last month and a half? Uh, yeah, it's been, you know, it, it was a bit of a slow start and trying to, you know, get a get a role and, and find where you fit with the guys and get some chemistry going. And um, I think, you know, over the last little while, I mean, Nurse, you've developed a bit of chemistry, you know, along with um, a couple guys up front. So it's, you know, the points are nice, but the, the wins are the important thing. And, um, you know, team success comes personal success. So I think that's a big part of it. And uh, obviously, you know, looking, looking to keep it going. Uh, this morning, your captain said uh, you guys had to capitalize on any mistakes that the Flames made. Well, you guys went three for four on the power play. How big was that for you guys? Huge. Um, you know, PPs are so important throughout a game. They can get you momentum. And um, I thought we did a good job of tonight of being ready and prepared to go when we had the opportunity. And um, obviously, we got a couple, and that's uh, that's huge for us. 
Mark Spector, Sportsnet. So you guys, you guys come out in the third period. It's you know you're obviously playing well. It's three to one. The game's not in totally and completely in control. And within six minutes, you got three goals and you bury them. Uh, mm. Was that you know you played on some good teams with some good players, but uh, maybe let us in on how this team has the ability to just pound three quick goals in and, and close a game out like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty incredible the the skill we have on this team, and um, you know, it's it's world class as good as it gets. And I think we played the right way the whole game, and we talked in between the second and third, and we wanted to come out and and have a great start to the third, and and not give them any life. And you know, we were expecting more of a you know kind of a defensive grind than uh, you know exploding for four goals. But that's uh, I think when you get play the right way, you get rewarded, and and you know our our big guys, our top guys, did that tonight, and um, obviously got rewarded there in the third. Thank you. Jason Craiger, TSN 1260. Uh, Tyson, obviously it was kind of a game-time decision for you. Uh, obviously you felt okay. Uh, can you take us kind of what happened the last game or where you tweaked something? Obviously you, you looked like you tried to come back and then it didn't work. How close were you to not playing tonight? Uh, not close. I feel really good now. Uh, it was kind of just a freak thing and um, didn't... Uh, you know, I, I think I kind of knew it wasn't going to last long. Just needed uh, needed some time. I tried to come back last game, but it wasn't feeling right. So um, just thought it was best with the, the amount of hockey we have coming up to to let it rest and and uh, get worked on and, and get it back to 100%. And um, it felt really good tonight. No issues. And I think it was like just over a week ago where, where players who signed a one-year contract, now, you know, you can negotiate and sign an extension. Have you and your agent, have you thought about uh, re-signing in Edmonton at all? No, no, I haven't uh, haven't spoken with, with anybody in the Oilers or, or my agent really just kind of focusing on the task at hand here. There's plenty of time for that. So um, first job, we got to get these, uh, get us in the playoffs here and then uh, go from there. Ryan Rashog, TSN. Because we, we probably won't talk to you tomorrow, Tyson. I just want to push ahead to that game tomorrow night. You know, Winnipeg's playing some good hockey. Uh, we grabbed a win tonight. Uh, how much of a challenge are they and what, what kind of game do they throw at you that you need to be careful of? Yeah, they they play a you know a, a physical game, a, a fast game, and they've obviously got some some uh, high end skills. So I think they're a really complete team. They're playing well, really well right now, and um, you know it's a good good test for us coming off a game like tonight to see uh, you know see where we match up with uh, the way they're playing. This is going to be a you know I think there's 24, 25 games left, so it's going to be a big uh, big finish for you know all these teams in the in the North Division here. So you know it's kind of crazy every night feels like a playoff game you're either you know gaining or losing points here and there so um it's a it's a good test for us against a team that's playing really well you look at your result last game and then your result here tonight and i know you guys weren't you weren't too upset with your overall game last game but what do you think the difference was between the two nights like what did you have tonight that was missing the other night i think it was you know, we were we weren't. I don't want to say we weren't ready for the the pressure they put us on, on us in the first game, but I think we were trying to pass through it a little bit and and make some plays we'd been making. And uh, you know, it didn't uh, didn't go our way. And um, to, to be honest, I spent you know the last two periods on the on the trainer's table, so I didn't get to watch it too closely. But um, I think tonight we were just more prepared for the kind of the grind and the style of game we were going to have to play and maybe not making the perfect pass and you know finding the middle all the time it was going to be you know you're going to have to live to fight another day and chip some pucks out and i think we did a good job of that tonight and, and we skated well and you know our, our power play was good
That's Tyson Berry. Four assists as the Oilers take down the Flames 7-3 to boost their record to 19-13. and Right back at it tomorrow. Face-off show at 5-30. Game at 7. The Oilers will host the Jets here on 6-30 Chet. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.